Welcome to the Listen and Learn or Not, January 14th, 2021 edition. We are your hosts, Life Coach Lori, Claire, and Anna D. Last week, we had podcasted in the middle of an assault on the Capitol. And one week later, so many more historical events happened. <laughs> so uh, let's get to that. So November 10th, Trump purges the Pentagon leadership and installs those loyal to him. January 6th, the president is said to have incited the deadly riot at the Capitol. January 8th, Republican GOP governor reveals that federal officials repeatedly denied his request to deploy the state's National Guard to quell the Capitol riot. Also on January 8th, the president is banned permanently from Twitter and later from social media sites. January 13th, yesterday, Trump is impeached. Today, January 14th, because of the impeachment, pro-Trump supporters and GOP leaders are indicating a growing threat that if you were to impeach, which we did, there will be more division and therefore more violence. Thoughts? So let me first say this. This whole thing, this past week, has been extraordinary. Extraordinarily good and extraordinarily bad. Really, more in the last seven days than in the previous four years, I have found out more about the people that I'm closest to and what they believe in and what they stand for and what they will tolerate and what they will not tolerate. And it was... Um, distressing and in some cases hopeful and everything that you can imagine in between um among the things that are very interesting and this is not distressing this is just the way it is is that my wife and i are we're both definitely on the liberal spectrum but we see things very differently the impeachment process i was actually against it and it's because of that very last thing you just said there anna i'm definitely one of those people who lives in fear that going through this impeachment process was going to make things worse. My take was, don't give him any more air. Don't give him any more oxygen. Ignore him and he'll go away. And that may not be the healthiest thing to do, but that's exactly what I was afraid of, was that, that by putting more attention on him, it was just going to rile up the people who are already riled. So that's my take. I haven't had time to research it, but I've had two trains of thought uh, suggested to me about the impeachment, one of which is leave it alone, just let it end. You know, we're so close to it. Why bother? Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. That sounded really good to me. Of course, again, I'm not researching. <laughs> I haven't researched these. Then it was brought to my attention that by impeaching, then he will not be able to run again. But if not impeached, he would have the option to run again. Yeah. yeah. So that's where I would, you know, I was kind of like, oh, okay, do we want what might happen if we do it? But if we don't, do we want him to have the opportunity to run again? Right. Right. See, that, that, that's interesting about impeachment, whether or not that was a good idea, because I've heard, I've heard that, Claire, this might cause further danger, which is why we're probably seeing an ungodly amount of military at the Capitol as we speak, more so than Afghanistan and some of the other countries that the military <laughs> would be present at. Yesterday, we were starting to see more pictures of that. Mm -hmm. So do you feel like the impeachment was about politics or was it about physical safety? I, I think to Lori's point, I think it was, 
I guess in my mind, I thought it was punishment. And Lori's point, which is many people's point that are pro-impeachment, is that no, it's simply about making sure that he can't ever do this again. If he if he's impeached, then he he can no longer run for office. And I get that. I understand why they did it. I would like to think that that is the primary reason that they did it. But I have a feeling it was more emotional than that, that they just wanted him. It was out of done out of anger and punishment rather than any practical sense. I don't know. I could be wrong. I mean, I wasn't there. You're, you're talking about 400 and some odd people who were literally hiding for their lives. I mean, we, we might have some vaulted idea of what our senators and representatives do for a living, but they're just people. And they were literally running scared, hiding out, just like a school shooting, you know, just like your children are hiding under their desks when a person with a gun comes into their school. Our elected representatives used to be your next door neighbor, and now they're some person who's afraid at their workplace, you know? And so for that same group of people to be the ones that decide what should be the next legal step a week later, mm-hmm. that's that's pretty heady. That's you know? trauma. It yes. could be revenge. It could be trauma. Or it could yeah. be simply, we don't ever want to see this again. And yes. You know, and and I think it was a heavy, heavy decision because really with just days left, it just seems like for that to be such a big issue, there seemed to have a lot of importance to it. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah. I, I, I see both sides. It's so hard. It, it's hard when you uh, when you are empathetic to so many different sides of it. You know, I almost I almost admire the people who are black and white. Yeah, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you know, I've always been a shades of gray person. And I feel like that's it's hard, you mm-hmm. know, to to make a decision. And okay. we don't want it out of revenge. Right. We want it. If right. it's going to no. happen, we want it for the correct purposes. Anna, what what is your thoughts on this? Well, you're 50 shades of gray. <laughs> she wrote the book. <laughs> my, my real question was, okay, so so Lori, you had uh, mentioned that you haven't really been um, really investigating during the week some just of been the hearing, findings. Right, hearing what uh, people have said. You've been hearing people. Okay, so I want to talk about some of the investigation, which still, again, is in its early stages. I'm hearing murmurings of discoveries about that day and before those days that haven't yet been made public but will be soon. And they say that it's going to be very alarming. So far, what they've investigated has been alarming enough. One thing that they are investigating, did writers have inside help? I have heard that. I haven't really looked into it because it seemed speculative to me. But to be honest, there came a point where I had to just stop looking at crap. So Uh, Lori, have you heard that or no? To some extent, I had, but again, there's so many stories that I I made a bad decision to put my head in the sand because I really felt traumatized. It is traumatizing. It is traumatizing. I don't think there's, I think Coach Lori would say, if you asked her, (laughs) that there, in this particular case, there's no such thing as a bad decision because this is trauma on so many levels and we can only take what we can take. And being a little bit offset by the people that we love, we're hearing where everybody stands. And that's been really difficult as well. So, yeah. So like you, Claire, I am related to a lot of people on on that side of politics as well. And, and I love them very much. And I have friends that are on both sides, really. And what I heard is that they they're investigating whether or not GOP did play host to those who tore into the Capitol building during recon at the time. 
you got to wonder, like, you see all those images of people, the one guy in Nancy Pelosi's office um, shouldn't have been easy, that easy to find. In fact, they should not have been able to find it unless somebody on the inside, there was that guy with his feet up on her desk and the other man who stole her special podium. They are saying that there seems to be evidence that there was foreknowledge and some plan that allowed for the attack to be successful. It shouldn't have been as successful uh, as it was without intel. Um, Capitol staffers, here's a second one that I, I just heard today. Capitol staffers who were hiding from the Trump insurrectionists revealed that they discovered the panic buttons in the building had been torn out. <gasps> so you'll hear probably more about that. That was something that was revealed today. The zip tie suspects. Yes. Yeah, okay. His, his wife turned him in, his ex-wife. I know. Um, so when you first saw that, what was it that you thought? Like, did you think, oh, wow, what were they going to try to do? Uh, do you want to know my honest to God first thought? Yes, please. <laughs> that man's got a really tiny penis. No! <laughs> what? <laughs> Whenever I see a guy dressed like that in the full military gear and the zip ties and the all that stuff, I think, Wow, that poor guy. It's so tiny that he's got to like show out with all that other stuff. I swear <laughs> to God, that's my first yes. thought. My second thought was, wow, he had bad intentions. Yeah. Mm. About that guy, you said that it was his ex-wife that turned him in. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if it was him or another zip tie, tie guy, but he was identified as a retired Air Force veteran. Which isn't that what some of the extremist organizations do when they recruit former members of the military to like boost their violent capability? It would so, surprise me. I mean, uh, certainly you 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 would you know if you got somebody with an advanced military career, obviously they would know something about tactics. Sure. So if I were if I were in a group like that in some sort of militia, yeah, that that would be the kind of person I'd want to attract. But it's hard I, to know if it was for show or if he really planned to to do something with that. He is in prison. I mentioned this because now some former and current members of the military are now being questioned in their involvement in the Capitol assault as well. So mm -hmm. it's interesting who's being investigated, what's being investigated, what we've seen on pictures, and even just way back a few months ago, what was being said. So I guess this brings me back to, does this mean civil war? What do you think today, a week later, did your mindset change today than it did a week ago? No, I, I still stand by what I said a week ago, which is true civil war. No, but an uptick in domestic terror attacks. Yes, I do. I am afraid of that. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that as well. I do think that some people have changed their position since that day. I have seen, mm -hmm. for instance, something came out from Arnold Schwarzenegger. Did you see that? Mm -hmm. Yes, that was the most, you know, I completely stayed off of Facebook in all of this. Mm. That is the one thing I actually posted because that really spoke to me. Go ahead. He's not a man Go of ahead. many words or as long as we've known him. And yet he yeah. went on for quite a while and it made absolute perfect sense what he was saying. But essentially, he grew he grew up in Austria in, in, in the shadow of, of World War Two. And he, you know, distinctly remembered the people who his, you know, his parents and, and people of that age who how they reacted and, and how they remember things being during these Nazi or more specifically brown shirt attacks that were happening throughout Germany and Austria in that time. And he, he specifies an event called Kristallnacht, which is something growing up Jewish I was very familiar with. We studied a lot, which is the night of broken glass, which was a night very similar to what happened in the U.S. Capitol when brown shirts uh, burned and destroyed synagogues. And it was very um, just 
wasn't so much the beginning of, of Nazism. It was already in, in full swing, but it was kind of the crystallizing, to, to pardon the pun, event that, that really got the attention of the people who were there, whether they were on, depending on which side they were on. And Arnold pulled no punches in comparing the Proud Boys and other people who were there with the Capitol with the brown shirts and, and their attacks on, uh, on Kristallnacht. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and then you see these pictures of the, that one guy who wore the Camp Auschwitz shirt and then, oh, you know. Six million uh, uh, oh, oh, my God. My God. Un- Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And they're they're extremely loud and almost animal like when you see the, the the videos and hear the audio. It's they're like losing their minds when they they've entered the Capitol. Um, yeah. it, it it is crazy. What are your and thoughts been, on the whether it's civil war? I am afraid that mm-hmm. there are people there really cl- they are clear and present danger, mm-hmm. and that th- it is a possibility. Yeah. Well, and I have also heard that there's other countries saying, hey, do you want us to come for your inauguration to protect you guys? Now, how sad is that? Wow. Really? Mm -hmm. Other countries. Yes. I'm not surprised. I mean, a lot of the world leaders have really been speaking out on on all this. Mm -hmm. When the news said uh, they're storming the Capitol and then you're, you're, you know, we're not around groups of people anymore, but... You know, like you'll be maybe somewhere where you have a mask and there's people and they're like, oh, what a bunch of BS, like like it didn't even happen. So it's so amazing to me how people's perception of what happened that day are, you know, we've got people saying the Capitol was stormed and other people going, they walked in. What was the big deal? Mm -hmm. And it was staged to look bad or, you know. I wish I had mentioned this last week, weeks ago. People on the left were were being told, don't even go there. Don't even be in the Capitol on January 6th. They'll, they won't fight anyone if none of us are there. So people, people knew not to be there. And as far as civilians go, there weren't, besides media, media was being attacked. But other than that, nobody but their own base were injured or, you know, or worse. Yeah. Yeah, it it's it, it it does seem strange that there weren't more you know protesters on the left that, that were there also, but I just don't think anybody thought I just don't think anybody thought it was going to be like that. You know, I don't think anybody thought that we were going to get to the point where people were so angry they were going to push and shove and raid the Capitol over a free and fair election. It just it it it's still a week away a week later mind-boggling to me that there was nothing like that. In the meantime, I think because of COVID, the inauguration wouldn't have been a big public spectacle anyway. But yeah. now you can't even get anywhere near Washington, D.C. or Maryland or, or Virginia for the next week. You right. know, Airbnb has stopped all rentals in that region. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. Airbnb yes. has voluntarily stopped renting to people. They've got, you know, National Guard and military all over the place. There's inauguration steps. I mean, everything in that whole, our nation's capital is going to be completely shut down because of all of this. It's mind boggling in, in the United States of America of our own volition, like we did it to ourselves Mm, that that that's going on. You know, not even, not even 9-11 stopped the next inauguration. What is wrong with that? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
You guys know how much I love Brene Brown, and her last podcast was sort of musings on this. And I loved what she talked about. It was dehumanization and how this regime has tried to dehumanize immigrants and, and people of color as well as women. What I love so much is it would be really easy for those on the other side to then call them names back. Mm -hmm. But that what has amazed me is whatever has happened somewhere along the line, we lost respect for the office of the president, Mm -hmm. you know, that that we don't want to participate in dehumanizing even people that we may consider we're not for them. But along with that, it's like what just has really blown me away is here we have this office, the president, where, you know, Mr. President, and we've seen people make fun of presidents throughout history, but I've never seen it this bad the way he's spoken about. Mm -hmm. Again, it brings me back to we have to be people of integrity, you know, not sheep, but also really, really making a stand for what do we stand for? If everybody matters, then everybody matters. Maybe disrespect the man, but not the office, I guess. That's just been kind of what's been heavy on my mind is just because maybe people don't like him doesn't give us the permission in public. Yes, to our friends and family, we're always going to do that. But you know, have you guys noticed that? That it's like, oh, of course, yeah. I, I I saw it in myself. I mean, even when it first, when he was first elected, mm-hmm. I, Cheeto, uh, right? Gave him such the benefit of the doubt of like you still have to respect the office. But I feel like he eroded it himself. Um, yeah, with yeah. the the things he said and making you know fun of the disabled, like oh, literally yes. doing that thing with your hands and your face mm. where you make fun of people. I mean, I feel like over time he has contributed to the erosion of the respect for the office. You're 100% right, Laura, or rather Brene Brown is right, mm-hmm. that we, we have lost respect for the Oval Office, but it's so uh, it's so hard when he, he helped us along the way. You know? Right. So I guess what I'm saying is, do we get that back, right? It's like when we lose respect for right. someone who holds an office, have we lost respect as well for the infrastructure, right? right? I hope not. I'd, I'd like to think it comes back. Me too. And it's unfortunate. So many people really feel like Trump really went overboard. Lori, were you the one who told me to listen to a podcast again from Brene Brown? (laughs) Um, It was uh, one of her Unlocking Us podcasts where she's talking about power and leadership. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, So Brene dedicated her entire career uh, just studying like the intersection of human behavior, emotion and thought and spent the last 10 years like looking into looking at like leadership. We can't understand leadership if we don't talk about power. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., his definition of power was the ability to achieve purpose and affect change. So she goes through like these four things of power, power over, power with, power to and power within. And they're all different kinds of powers. When she was talking about power over, leaders who use power over, not just in the political sphere, but also like in faith communities Mm -hmm. and work, that power over is protected by using fear. Mm -hmm. And fear is the primary tool for protecting power for those that lead from a place of power over. And so um, leaders who work from a position of power with and power to have a completely different framework. They believe that power becomes infinite and expands when it's shared with others. And what did we hear all this time? Fear was used. And, you know, during the impeachment, how many, was it 197 
on the right had voted not to impeach. And some people believe that some of them were just fearful of what Trump might do to them. This whole power over also involves someone to blame. So we heard today, like, Rudy Giuliani's not going to get paid for his legal services. Um, no, but you, you know, you know that's the thing that I'm yeah. that I'm seeing is that fear. If we have fear of standing up for what we believe in because of what our president or what the people in charge might do to us, then that is a very sad thing because yeah. that is where domestic violence comes from. That is yes. where, like you said, faith communities, you know, and I know that there have been faith communities involved in promoting all that happened in January as well. It is so important that we don't see leadership as dictatorship, and yet that is what seemed to be starting to evolve. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say one other thing about the impeachment votes. We do live in, you know, it is a representative government, and I always feel like those representatives really are obligated to vote for the people who voted them into office. Now, that's tricky because if you figure for the most part around this country, we're split about 50-50, but ultimately, you know, you have to decide if it's Republican, Democrat, or, or maybe there's some independents that got in there too. And I think that was probably a really difficult decision for a lot of them, putting the fear of repercussions from the party aside. Right. Just think about the notion of your constituents. Do mm. more or less, you know, more or fewer of your constituents want impeachment or not impeachment? And, you know, I've, I would think that some of those people might have disagreed with it, but they had to vote that way because that's who put them into office. And mm. I actually I respect that, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I will say we need parties. Right. We know that we have to have two parties. So I feel like it's one thing to be worshiping a party versus worshiping a man or even the word worship. You know, it's like, yeah, we can represent a party, but to be so, so willing to bow a knee to a man. Right. Sca- that's what man, scares me. The man represented. He embraced a, a segment that wanted someone to speak to them and boy did he find them mm, i don't yeah. he certainly doesn't represent that party i know no there's, that's a lot of what this schism is about is that right. he couldn't be further from the actual party if he tried but wow he he the power there's your power again it might have been through fear mm-hmm. of of the other but whatever it was he whipped up his base and and that there was a lot of money that came along with that and that that makes mm-hmm. it tricky so you're right it did become about the cult of his personality rather than about the party but it took 4 years for members of the party to go uh-oh oops mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah great yeah. point as usual claire <laughs> squirrel <laughs> broken clock is right twice a day <laughs> <laughs> But it's really the other thing, too. And I mean, there's been usually I'm like the first one to find humor in all of this stuff. Like, that's just, you know, I'm very much the dark humor kind of person. There's like I have. Oh, my God, it's been a struggle. I have found nothing to laugh about at any of this. But finally, after a week's perspective, I've been thinking about the guy with the buffalo horns and the hairy fur and all that stuff. It's like. What was the point of what was he thinking? What did he think he was going to, you know? That was like the craziest. He's like, thing. I might get on TV. Right? Maybe. I mean, did he think it was a football game? Did he get lost on his way to the playoffs? Like he was rooting for the Buffalo Bills and he accidentally ended up in DC. I couldn't figure that guy out. You know, the rest of them I understood, but oh my God. 
I just want to know if SNL's gonna right. touch on that. Probably too soon. It's probably too soon for all that. Would, but was it even on last week? No. They're on like a hiatus kind of thing. Yeah, I think okay. not this coming weekend, but I think next weekend. Yeah. You bring up an interesting point. I mean, the you know, that show is so topical and this is a really hard one to mm -hmm. to do. There's these are the days where I miss John Stewart because he really always <laughs> found a way to to find the humor. Except for after 9-11. That's the only time that he ever said I couldn't find any humor. Mm. So I, I'm curious what he would have done with this. But he's not here, so we can't. Right. Does he have any platform at all? Like, is he even tweet? He's. I don't think he's tweeting because I could have sworn I followed him on Twitter. No, I, I don't think so. He's He's been pretty quiet. He's been focusing on, he was directing and kind of making films. And then he's got his animal farm. He and his wife have a rescue farm for like, I don't know, like, you know, all those people who, who like think it would be fun to have a baby horse and a baby pig and a baby cow. And then they realize it's not fun. He literally <laughs> runs like an animal sanctuary for, for that kind of stuff. Oh, um, man. And I haven't seen him on much social media. He he was popping up on talk shows and comedy shows for a while there, but I haven't yeah, even, even seen him Yeah, even just since then. a few months ago or something, I yeah. saw him recently. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I, I loved know. him. God, he was so... Oh my so, God, me too. He made so much sense. Such good perspective. He really did. And, and you know, a lot, there's a lot of... The Daily Show is still good with Trevor Noah. There's a lot of other really good things out there. But to me, John Stewart was just so special. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I talk, I'm talking about him past tense like he's dead. I mean, I'm sure he'll, I'm sure he'll come back eventually, but I just I need him. I, I would need him now, you know, if he were if he were yeah. there. Yeah, he would be someone I would be looking to. I do love though Trevor Noah. Mm. My God, he yeah, he's hilarious. a smart dude. He's smart hilarious. Dude. He's so bloody smart, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Most really good comedians are brilliant. Yeah, yeah. smart humor is yeah. is yeah. Yep. No, you're right. They they really are. They mm. are brilliant. Yeah, so does this, yeah. everything that's going on and, you know, nobody can really step into the Capitol, do, does it make you a little sad for uh, President-elect Biden who won't well, be able to enjoy the ceremony the same way other presidents have? Something that marks probably like the most important moment of his political life and he can't celebrate the way uh, everyone else has been able to celebrate. Did, do, was that stolen I, away from bad him? for that. I think because of COVID, it, it might have been a little downplayed anyway. But um, yeah, it definitely feels like nobody wants to be, you know, swear on the Bible with, you know, 50,000 National Guard standing right. right next to you. Yeah. But I think more important to him is that right now there should be like getting his cabinet together and yeah. getting ready for his first hundred days and, and Donald Trump's getting all the airtime. I think that's mm -hmm. worse than the actual put your hand on the Bible moment. Right. And, you know, yeah. like we said last week, this is history. And that's the one thing that I can say about this to me is fascinating because when our grandkids or maybe our great grandkids will be reading about it and we'll be going, yeah, we were there. You know, not there. Yeah. But we, we, yeah and this right. is this is where where we came from. What is this? You know, what are you learning at school about this? What is the history saying about this? Oh, that's interesting. Wow. And how old are your grandkids? So we can find out. <laughs> <laughs> the youngest are, are nine. <laughs> oh, so they'll still be in high school in seven years. Mm -hmm. It'll be the newest part <sighs> of the history book, right? Yeah. Okay. Anna, so Anna, your grandkids, they're the ones right. who we really we need to 
<laughs> earphones. Pay attention. Oh to. my God. Okay. So I'll, we'll get back to listen and learn or not in the year 2042. <laughs> we'll do a reunion show. <laughs> Invite your grandchildren. Hey man, we might still be podcasting. We might be on say, like our can... 5,000th episode by that time. Well, you know, right. we're, we're approaching our 100th, guys. We're really? approaching our 100th episode. We we're should... like on 80 something. Really? We should do yeah. some sort of 100 celebration. Let's think about yeah. that. So last last week when we were done, I sent a little um, audio over to AJ to challenge him to. Uh, yes. <laughs> but I haven't heard a thing. Have you? No, I was going to ask you what happened with the challenge. He challenged his new co-host, Max, to a blind taste test to see if she could tell bottled water apart. Mm -hmm. But he tricked her and put the same one in each one. And we think she would have passed it because she knew that. And you challenged him to give her the real test. And he's been stunningly silent, hasn't he? Yes, he has. And maybe he just hasn't seen it yet. I don't know. Maybe we need to poke him a little. What do y'all think? Poke. Poke, poke. Poke, poke. He he is a morning he's a morning show dude so mm-hmm. you know he's the moment he gets out of work he's right up to the mountains yeah so I <laughs> I sent him to his Facebook page and I just did a message the other day hey AJ did you see our challenge <laughs> nothing <laughs> oh, man. maybe he's scared you know what? why don't you send it to Max. She'll, uh, she'll get on it. Yeah, I'm not sure how to reach her, but let's do that. Let's figure out how to how to reach her. <laughs> I thought you meant his son, Max. I'm like, I don't know. Max might not do a thing about it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Max would be He's like, playing. Dad, Lori challenged you. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let, let's see well, if we can't find her. Yes. Can I, I just want to do one quick follow-up to Christmas. Yes, uh, That um, we talked before Christmas, we were sort of talking about gifts and Santa and and things that we would want. And it was right during a time when we were all just praising and loving on Dolly Parton because of all the things that she's accomplished and helping to get a a vaccine out into the world. I just want to let you know that for Christmas, I did receive her book, Song Teller, (laughs) My Life and Lyrics. And it is beautiful. It is this massive hardcover book with photos and illustrations and lyrics to every single one of her beautiful songs, her explanations and pictures of her vintage guitars. And it's just heavenly. And it's been so long since I've had like a book, like an actual paper book with pages and stuff in it. And I had said I wanted it and I got it. So I just want everyone to know that Christmas wishes really do come true. Oh, that's so wonderful. So I love it so much, but I actually got the book on tape, so I don't have the pictures, <gasps> but I did listen on tape and, oh, she, you know, sings through it. It was beautiful. Oh, so you get to hear her. Oh, that's wonderful. We should see, we should get, after COVID's over, you and I are going to get together and we're going to have a big cup of coffee or a big glass of wine and we're going to read the book and look at the pictures and listen to Dolly at the same time and we're going to spend all day doing it and no one can stop us. Wouldn't that be awesome? And no one can stop us. Yes. <laughs> like you anticipated this could really cause Yes, like Anna Anna's going to be knocking down the door going, "Stop listening to Dolly right now." <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Okay, so speaking of Dolly, I got to ask you, because she funded the Moderna vaccine, Mm -hmm. which would you rather take, Moderna, Pfizer, or the upcoming only one-shot Johnson & Johnson vaccine? 
Wow, I don't know. I don't know that I know enough of the difference between them all to know. I suppose I would take the one shot. Believe me, I'm so far down on the list. By the time I get to get a vaccine, I'll just take whatever's left. The but, difference um, is the taste. I'm just kidding. It's not, not that kind of shot. <laughs> you drink it? No. Uh, it's the wrong shot. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, um, come on. At this point, is there a difference? Really? I don't know. Johnson & Johnson sounds more gentle. It sounds like <laughs> no tears. No more tears. It's not going to make me cry. I'm all in. (laughs) It's administered with a Q-tip. They just brush it on you. It's really sweet. You just shampoo it in. (laughs) Live coach Lori, Claire, thank you so much for calming my nerves. I feel a little bit better. (laughs) Thank you, Anna D. And you as well. We are blessed that we have one another to talk to. Yes, we are. I am probably the spaz of the entire three that just has the alarming voice. And I, I do apologize. <laughs> to everyone. No, you're not. Look, one of the things one of the things I love about us together is we all come from different places mm-hmm. and uh, we all have different viewpoints and different experiences. And there is no wrong. Right. So exactly. right, there are no wrong answers. And you know what? Good job. If, if you disagree with all of us. You should take this podcast and forward it to someone and say, listen to what these women said (laughs) and then forward it to someone else and forward it to someone else. That's right. I mean, we have no agenda here. No. Just do it. Right. Just do it. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners, thank you so much for downloading this podcast. You can get it everywhere. You get your podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, and of course, Echoes, where you could just say, Alexa, pull up, listen and learn or not. And it will play our podcast. That's right. And you like them beans. If you feel like you need to just boss someone around because, you know, nobody ever listens, that's what Alexa's good for. Just boss her around. (laughs) (laughs) Tell a joke. That's right. (laughs) Well, good vibes, everyone. Positive vibes to you all. You You too. too. Have a great week. And I so look forward to next week. You too. Yes, yes. This is Listen and Learn or Or Not. Love you. Adios. See you guys. Bye. See you guys. Bye.